Hi, everyone. It's Michelle from Studio City Now. And today my guest is the fabulous Don Valderamos. I pronounced it right? Sort of? Oh, yes. Uh, that is a, a very good pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you again for joining me after so many false starts. <laughs> Technology is not with me tonight. But um, no. we were talking about... Uh, you're working with Jose Ferrer in Masterpiece Theater. And yes, that would. Mm -hmm. Then we got knocked off the air. So if you could just tell me again, because it was so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. what it was is a situation I left out. I was referred uh, to, uh, I think, a casting director at the time. Um, and it was the one act play, George Murard Shaw, titled The Rope, and uh, was being uh, played on Master. Uh, masterpiece theater that was a regular programming on on tv at the on public television at the time produced by niederlander corporation in new york and it was uh actually uh, brad davis who starred in um, midnight express if you remember that movie uh, and then yeah and then elizabeth ashley and len cario uh, who's actually plays Tom Selleck's father on Blue Bloods currently, and Jose Ferrer. But during their rehearsal, uh, Brad Davis got a feature, and they didn't know if he was coming back. But in case he wasn't, they asked me to come in and cover <laughs> for him. Uh, I was like, yeah, okay. And um, yeah, so I was there. I did it for two weeks. Uh, we had rehearsals. And uh, what I actually started to say before uh, we got disconnected was that it was one of those moments, you know, that you experience in your career, you're in the industry, and you Gosh, I interviewed a lot of people and, you know, and you kind of have this moment, oh my God, you know, I'm here with this person and I've known of them for like my whole life, you know, watch them on TV or whatever and features and film, Jose Ferrer. And I'm like, I have my, I have my hand, my hands around his neck uh, <laughs> starting to choke Jose Ferrer. I'm like going, this is amazing, you know? <laughs> and he too was an incredible actor. I oh. Was he married to Rosemary Clooney at the time? No, he wasn't. Uh, was he with what? I know he was married to Rosemary Clooney, but my timeline. Oh yeah, yeah. There, I, I, you know, I, my timeline is off there too. Yeah. I don't know. No, I didn't even. I didn't realize he was married to Rosemary Clooney. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Oh yeah, actually, um, his daughter Moncita is married. No, no, I'm getting people confused. His son was Miguel Ferrer, the actor. Yeah, yeah. From okay. President Jordan. Oh, okay, okay. And sure. uh, he, unfortunately, he passed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was like the spitting image of Jose Ferrer. No, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, he was an iconic actor. Oh, both of them. And you worked on Suburbicon. Oh, my God, that was a great film. Wasn't it? I liked that film. I really did. I think it was almost ahead of its time. I think if it came out now, it would be good timing. Well, I mean, I mean it, it was only three years ago, but still, you know, I don't think people could really grasp what, what the point was. Well, you know, the Coen brothers, anything they do is funny. Oh, yeah. 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 And it had uh, a nice uh, satire running through it. Uh, and the main point, I think, why I speak of it now in that sense is that because it really emphasized what redlining is and segregation and how people reacted at that time. Yeah. And they really did. And they really did do those things that they showed in that movie. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to look for it on demand again because it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I play uh, Reverend Jones, open up the movie with uh, 
at, at a funeral and I'm uh, offering the uh, service in the cemetery uh, for who was actually would have been um, Matt Damon, who was in the movie, his wife. So I have a nice little bit with him following it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Matt Dam- Damon. Oh, God, I don't know who the I can picture them. This, the uh, South Park guys did a satire mm-hmm. on Matt Damon in Team oh. America. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a movie satire on everything, but they have a puppet of Matt Damon all oh, through okay. the movie going, I'm Matt Damon, I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, it's funny. He was cool I'm with sure it. I'm sure he loves it. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I know you, you went to San Jose State. Yeah. I did, where actually. I actually applied. Oh, did you really? I did in 19 moon. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think I'm breaking up again here. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's all right. We'll skip that part. You can edit it out. Whatever uh, that moment was there that they got blocked out. <laughs> yeah, it was 19. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it goes again. <laughs> but um, what got you into acting? Oh, what brought me to acting? That's a really good question. You know, people ask that once in a while. Like, are you all actors? You know, I guess I don't know. I mean, it's like, I mean, I do. I mean, it. It's like all people that sort of get into it, whatever. I mean, you do think about it your whole life. I mean, it's something you don't have any control over, like something comes into your mind. I mean, I mean, if it's there, you know, it came up, you know, you can't, and, and I was sort of like that. It was just always there as I was a kid. I used to sing with my sisters and, and then we used to do typical parties, excuse me, uh, uh, theater at during Christmas parties and Thanksgiving, you know, like kids do at home, the little shows and then you do it during grade school and that kind of thing and um, I actually didn't really get into it uh, until I guess you could say late until I actually graduated from college I uh, yeah uh, after I got out of San Jose State I went up to Lake Tahoe and up there for a while a couple a couple years but it was just started coming back to me again and it was almost like I was hearing voices and saying like you know are you going to be an actor or not you know <laughs> <laughs> it was like my yeah that's what it was you know it's really amazing i was 25 years old and i said don look are you going to be an actor or not because you keep hearing these voices you know and i stopped i said i'm going to be an actor so i re i enrolled in graduate school over at the university down at the university of arizona in tucson to get into their uh, theater program I figured, well i'll go back and get a master's but i was there for six months and decided that, uh, I mean, I was, by that time I was uh, 25 and kids are a lot younger and that kind of thing. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't a match at that time for, for, for what I wanted. And I actually uh, gravitated into Hollywood. I took uh, my first acting class in Hollywood with a gentleman by the name of Eric Morris. And then I moved back to the Bay Area, up in San Francisco, Berkeley area. Got into a theater company, backstage theater company. And, I, and everything just kind of, Evolved from there, got into Gene Shelton's acting school, and and I just you know started studying acting, doing some plays, and went to, gravitated back down to L.A. in the early '80s, and was always uh, working hard on the craft of it, you know, the, the setting part, and doing theater. I concentrated primarily on theater. Uh, ended up uh, going over to uh, London at the uh, Royal Academy, and stayed there for about a year and a half doing theater uh, in the Fringe. Uh, scene there in London then then that's when I headed to uh, New York in the mid 80s and was there for 10 years yeah I'm originally from the Bronx, oh, are you really? but I lived in London yeah even though Facebook says Paris <laughs> <laughs> but I lived in London for oh, two okay. years okay 
And I know the training you went through. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good experience, uh, definitely. What part of London did you live in? Um, I was in the East End, you know, the crappy end. Well, yeah, I but... lived in Brixton. Yeah, okay. so, you know, uh, it was fine with me. You know what? I was happy. I was in England. The ground didn't yeah. shake. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was after one of the earthquakes oh, here. okay, okay. It was like I had coffee. I had sweets and I did a lot of walking and I worked in a pub. I oh, was that's happy. great. Yeah, I love the pubs over there. Me too. And they let you bring dogs yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, definitely went to a lot of pubs. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at your reels, um, your Shakespeare COVID uh -huh. thing. And I was like, oh my God, where did he get this energy? <laughs> yeah, you know, I up here, I live in the Sun Valley area. You're right next to Burbank. Mm -hmm. I'm literally 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes from a trail that goes right up uh, the hills. And it's a nice little trail. I mean, it's kind of steep. And uh, I go up into the mountains there uh, pretty much every day, uh, hike for about an hour and a half, and I come back down. And I've been doing that. I actually started it about two months before COVID because I do it. I started it originally, uh, obviously, to hike and, uh, and, and have that physical activity. Uh, but because uh, I was working on lines, I was working on a uh, on a movie at that mm -hmm. time, and so I went up. But then I just got hooked on it, just wanting to go hiking every day, you know. And and then uh, and then it would rain, and you know, and I would still go. And one day I just sort of off the top of my head, you know, I just said, "I'm gonna." It's raining out, and and that monologue from from King Lear it takes place in the rain, <laughs> you know, and I. And and so I just said, I'm going to go up there and do this monologue on top of that mountain up there. I got it. And that's what I did. And I shot it myself. I just held it out there and held it. And uh, and I did my uh, King Lear monologue, Blow Winds. And uh, yeah, I, you know, it, yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it earlier and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. I wasn't sure where yeah. you did it. Then I looked at your other reel, your YouTube reel, which I really liked, which was basically just mm -hmm, the reel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, it was no, incredible. And I also see, oh, yes, you were on All My Children. I love yeah, that show. Yeah, that was fun. I was back in the uh, uh, Black during the uh, times. It, I think that's how you pronounced it. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was actually in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. I played a character by the name of Dan. He didn't have a last name, but I started out. Well, actually, that was an interesting thing because, you know, people like to hear the stories, but I was working on, I was doing actually some extra work and uh, it was a Barbara Streisand film and, you know, which actors in New York did at that time periodically and uh, nothing else, just for fun to meet other people, what have you. And I met a couple of gals who were really, really nice and they were doing a, uh, one of these workshops and they kept saying, oh, you got to come and do a workshop. I know you, you'll, you know, you'll meet casting directors. And I always said, no, I didn't want to do it, you know, and, but they were so nice about it. And they said, well, you got to come tomorrow night. There's going to be a casting director from all my children. And I know you'll get cast. And I'm like, how do you, what do you mean I'll get cast? You know, you know, but they were still really nice people. And so uh, I went in there and I did a monologue. The next day, the gal called me, the casting director called me up and uh, put me in a group with they were, um, it was a drug rehab. So it was an under five. 
And then, then they graduated me to uh, a recurring role as a counselor. And I was a counselor to a character by the name of Mark, who's Susan Lucci's brother on the, on the show at that time. And uh, so I became friends with him. And I was there to uh, help him through his uh, drug habit and alcohol. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I've always wanted to be on a soap opera. I yeah, thought it would be so cool. But I, I stayed home from school in 1970 to watch the first episode oh, of All My Children. Really? Wow. I got in a lot of trouble but, for that. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, now, had Susan Lucy been on? Did she, had she started the show at that time yet? Or? Oh, okay. She did. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, was Susan Lucci. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the characters because we're going back. Yeah, what, 50 yeah, yeah, years? yeah. And she was very nice to work with. A very nice person. Very gracious. Yeah, I've heard nothing, nothing yeah, but nice yeah, things very, about very, her. Uh, nice person. Yeah, and oh gosh, you know, I'm getting it confused with two other soap operas too. That, um, because there were three I would watch at yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> That were in New York. You see, there was another world that was running at the time. Uh, Loving was running. Uh, uh, it's that one. Uh, of course, you, yeah, one. one that's what live. I was thinking of. One life to live. Yeah, yeah, and then another. Yeah, because it was the same creator, so they would interchange. Right, Alice the Nixon, I think, was her name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah, that. She was the creator. <laughs> I definitely know it was Nixon. I'm not sure if it was Alice, but I think it was. It was Alice Nixon. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can look exactly. it up. It's no big deal. <laughs> you were also in To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, actually, no, I wasn't in, wasn't in To Kill a Mockingbird. What that was, uh, I kind of rushed it when I wrote that up. What that was was the writer, Horton Foote, wrote a screenplay for To Kill a Mockingbird. And he received an Academy Award for it. Ah. And so he got he received his notoriety from winning, a, obviously, an Academy Award for writing the screenplay for To Kill a Mockingbird. But he was also, you know, wrote a lot of material. And he liked to write plays from the South and Southwest, uh, primarily Texas, small towns. And, um, mm -hmm. and he wrote a play called The One-Armed Man, which was kind of, he told me that it was kind of a derivative. Well, it was. It was a derivative that came from his writing of to Kill a Mockingbird. And it was a one-act play called The One-Armed Man uh, about a guy that uh, lost his arm. Uh, he was a field hand. Well, he was a field supervisor or a field hand, what have you. Lost his arm in a combine on a farm. And he comes back a few years later. The play, basically, I won't tell you the whole thing, but I'm just saying, basically, he comes back to take revenge on the owner of the farm who was a real mean person and with telling him he wants his arm back, you know. So, <laughs> so it was a real drama. And then he wrote another play called The Land, uh, yeah, Land of the Astronauts, which uh, we did at Ensemble Studio Theater. Lois Smith was in that. And she's been in a lot. She was with, uh, he, she was with, she started with James Dean in East of Eden. And uh, she's worked through the years. She was in Twister. I mean, she'd been in oh, God, all kinds of films. But anyway, and uh, so she was in the play. And then uh, the actor, Tom Sizemore, was in it myself and a lot of other people yeah it was great you had me at james dean <laughs> <laughs> i thought so <laughs> yeah i've been to the side i've driven that road yeah um, and it still looks the same yeah i bet it does yeah i think they have a monument up there now or something don't they they do yeah i've always stopped and always pay tribute to it oh yeah yeah it's just something about that has that magnetism, you know, like to know that he was there and that that's what happened. And 
and all those things. And um, now I met, and I'm going to have to, and it just kind of came on because we're talking about it. So I don't have a, uh, an immediate, because I think it was one of those things you're at a, a social gathering and you, you know, you just get in a conversation with somebody you hadn't met before, you know, and then they tell you their own experience about something. But this person that I had talked to recently, his brother is the guy that got into the automobile accident with James Dean. Uh, the mechanic's brother or the... I guess uh, it was the uh, driver of the truck. Oh, okay. Turnip Seed was the CHP guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, uh, that was... That was something that going up the crash site, it could have been avoided. That road, I happened to work up in Salinas Valley. So oh, okay. I, would, I would go up there. That's a different yeah, story. Yeah. Oh, okay. I lived down here. I worked up there. It was very strange. Oh, that's quite a trip. Yeah. Quite a so I was truck. up there three days a week. If it was during the day, I'd drive the 46. I wouldn't do it at night. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. You went up the five, take the 46, and then go up the 101 or something? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And um, it's very treacherous. Yeah. But I've been in a replica of his Porsche Spider, and that's mm. a car that should not be on the road. No, it's like a little go kart. Yeah. In a shell. <laughs> yeah, I sat in one of those too. I think they had a replica of some, one of those uh, autograph signing shows, you know, years ago that I went to. And I, I recall that they, they even took my, a photo of myself in it, next to it. Oh, yeah. George Barris probably brought it there. No, oh, probably. Yeah, that's sat in. Oh, okay. He, yeah, because I he worked owned for it? Barris. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, you say Chuck Barris or George Barris? George. Okay. Was he the... Was he in, uh, am I, I'm thinking, when you said George Barris, I'm thinking of an actor in West Side Story, but no. No, that was George uh, Maharis. Chikaris. Chikaris. Oh, yeah, he's still with us. I saw him a couple weeks yeah. ago. Oh, okay. No, no, I take that back. I saw him before COVID. Oh, okay. And, okay. and um, George Barris did the Batmobile and was the car guy. Chuck was the gong show. Yeah, he was the gong, yeah. The undercover yeah. secret agent at CIA guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I a good believe movie. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But you never know. No, you don't. That's uh, how he was able to pull it off. Making the movie, I mean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he had Drew Barrymore, too. He had everything in the movie. Oh, oh! She was in that. Was she in uh, that? Uh... Oh yeah. Oh okay. Right, that she I don't. Played... I just don't remember everybody in it. Yeah. Yeah, unique movie. We'll leave yeah. it at that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've worked with everyone. Anything you've been working on lately, or just? Well, uh, it was a, f a feature I was fortunate uh, to get over the you know because of the COVID situation. Uh, I worked. Mm -hmm. uh, a week, let's see, was it, a week before Christmas, a week after Christmas, and then the week following uh, the new year uh, on a new feature called Monstrous, which starring Christina Ritchie. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so I was able to uh, have a nice little supporting role uh, opposite her. Uh, Colleen Champ was in it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah, the, it was all interesting in a sense that 
you know, it's a COVID time and, you know, everybody has to be apart and everybody's wearing masks. You have all the, the, you know, the COVID protocol and the testing. And, uh, mm-hmm. We tested every two days. And, uh, but it's going to, I think, turn out to be a real nice psychological thriller for Christina. Um, Do you know when it'll be released? Uh, you know, that I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I'm guessing the way technology is today, they're so much faster uh, than the old days, you know. I'm guessing probably it was sometime during the summer. Yeah, I'll track it yeah. on IMDb because they'll let us yeah, know. Yeah, 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 that's it. Just track it on IMDb. And, and you can call me too and ask me. I'll, I'll update you. <laughs> um, <laughs> They'll give you the but, DVD. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, and I did finish project, a voiceover project, actually, for a Netflix project just uh, yesterday. was the last day. Oh, can you tell us about it or no? Well, you know, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it got me under the old NDA, you know, but it was a voiceover dubbing project and I was very thrilled to, to get it. And so I did that in a local studio actually here in uh, Burbank. Yeah. So I, I finished that. And then uh, I have a story that I've been writing for oh boy, years. Uh, I guess everybody's got a story in one of their drawers, you know, somewhere. I've got a few of them. Mm-hmm. that I haven't really done anything with, if you will. But it's always gotten a nice, nice reaction from people. And I decided to just go ahead, go forward with uh, developing it, you know. Of course, it's going to have to be, re- I mean, I have the story. I already wrote the story. It's in a very, very, very short treatment, just three pages. And so I want to expand it. And uh, I'll probably have to end up write. Uh, I mean, I have, I'm going to have to write it myself, but end up writing either with somebody or hire a screenwriter because it's a matter of taking the time. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I, I do want to uh, do that. And then um, then I've been involved with a feature called Space Command by uh, a, kind of an epic sci-fi epic feature and a six-part written by a writer, a producer, uh, Mark Zikri and his wife, Elaine. Wonderful people, mm-hmm. very talented. And I play the role of Captain Park Hill in that. <laughs> and uh, had a nice scene with Bruce Boxleitner. Thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And and then it's fun to be in a sci-fi, you know. I mean, got got to do a sci-fi. You got to do a horror, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of ongoing. And then um, Mark, uh, along with uh, his writing partner, Rock Neil Bannon, and, of course, Elaine also is one of the writers, uh, but it was created, the story is created by Mark Zikri and Rockney O'Bannon, who's actually, Rockney currently is a produ- executive producer of a series on TV called Evil. Uh, but they created a project called Sweet Haven. And uh, so they're looking to do the pilot for that when things open up more. They're not going to do it before then because, you know, they need the freedom of really being able to uh, to move and things for this particular story but it this story i won't even go the whole detail of it but it's just that it's a world where only people over 60 exist kind of an opposite logan's run yeah 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 i guess you could say that the younger generation has been killed off and and uh there's other killings going on i don't know all of them they've only just given me a pilot but i'm also a a killer (laughs) (laughs) hollywood's newest uh, serial killer um uh yeah so that's the the role playing now but yeah you know that's uh you know i just keep uh you keep on keeping on yeah that that's what it is keep on keeping on 
<laughs> Isn't that the song? well, a friend of mine <laughs> actually had a hit with that song. So, oh, no kidding. no kidding. Keep on, keep How does it go? I'm I mean, I know it. If Keep I'm keeping on on. keeping on. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. That's it. yeah, in the <laughs> 70s. Yeah. yeah. And it had to be keep on, keep on, baby. Come on, baby. Keep on, keeping on, keeping on, you know, Yeah, and, Nolan you know. Porter. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. That's funny. So you're now the third person I know who's a killer guy, who's actually a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> All those killers are nice guys. I was talking to, um, well, I can't say because I haven't finished editing him yet, Yeah, yeah, sure, who, sure. who plays like the bad guy, the guy who kills everybody, nicest guy than he's a prison minister. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. oh, boy. And my other friend, whose name I won't say, always gets beat up by Chuck Norris. Oh, he did. He gets beat up by Chuck Norris. And Steven Seagal, nicest person in the world. <laughs> well, that must be fun. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Hollywood, yeah, oh, what yeah. can you say? Oh, yeah. I know it. I know it. Um, So any plans for the future other than writing your treatment and getting yeah, screenplay? yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, what I want to do uh, in terms of answering that question directly is move more, not more, but now take the step of moving into voiceover more than I have in the past. I, uh, I mean, I've always been able to do voiceover. I mean, I've done it periodically, but I'd never taken the time to just concentrate on it. But it was fun doing the uh, voiceover for this recent project. And then, you know, and then just periodically through the years. And now that uh, there is a wave moving towards voiceover because of the work situation, you know? And um, so that, that is a plan and set up a little studio, little corner in the closet people are doing, and, <laughs> you know, and here I am back in the closet. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> That's where my but studio is. yeah, there you go. But it got so hot in there tonight. I'm in the living room surrounded Oh, no by kidding. all the blankets. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, oh, so you're under a, like blank <laughs> like a tent a blanket tent or something or well, I have a panel screen and I hung blankets over it. And oh, okay then my dog decided to grab the blanket and make a nest out of it. well of course <laughs> In of fact, course I'll tell you a funny story about this okay dog. i want to know it Both my dogs are rescues. okay My golden, I got him at 10 months. I was home number four and he was badly abused. oh man Now he abuses me. He'll be 14. I just hate that. So I had him about two or three months and it gets cold at night, but I hate using central air because it just smells funky. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I have this beat up mink coat that my mom left me. So I use it. as a blanket for warmth. Oh, okay. So I put it on the bed. I wake up freezing at two in the morning. The dog had taken the mink coat, stuck it in his kennel, had all his toys around him, and he was nice and happy sleeping on my mink. And now he's um, snoring right next to me. Uh, that's I, you know I think it's hilarious how dogs take the, their toys, you know. Well, this, this dog is like, he's still quirky, but he's very sweet. Mm -hmm. And I have a pit bull who's a rescue Oh, okay. who thinks she's a two pound puppy, <laughs> loves everyone. mm Mike Bolden will walk up to her, grab toys from her, push her away from food. hmm And she'll just look at him like, why are you doing this? mm hmm Yeah, right, right. 
like a little sad sack. Sweetest dog ever, but um oh, that's so cool. Before I had the pit and I just had my golden. Mm-hmm. I had a really bad, bad flu a couple years ago. Oh, okay. And I'd get up, take him to the park to run around, come back home and sleep. And I woke up one morning and there's kibble in my bed. He had brought mouthful of kibble next to my mouth to make sure I was eating. Oh, no kidding. So he was taking care of me. Oh, yeah. That, and that leads me to a real quick story, not to interrupt. I would love to hear it. Okay, well... Uh, I had a dog many years ago. Uh, when I got out of San Jose State, went to Tahoe. I got a dog in Tahoe who was a, came from a puppy of my best friend. Her name was Sabrina. I named her after Lake Sabrina up in the Sierras. By that mm-hmm. time, I had moved down to Marin. And, of course, you know, Sabrina went everywhere with me. And so there was a little lake I used to go to close to an area called Stinson Beach. I don't know if you're familiar with the Marin County. Uh, uh, but it's just there right there on the coast, right outside of Mill Valley. And there was a little lake, a little inland, not even a lake, like a huge pond. But they, you know, it was a small lake. This one time I went swimming out, went out to the middle of it. And I was just kidding. I was just joking around with my own dog. And I'm going, Sabrina, help, help. And I pretend like I was drowning. And I went under the water and I come back up. And Sabrina's swimming out to me. She swam out to me and I saw her coming. And so I continued, oh, Sabrina, help, help. Because now by this time, I wanted her to feel like she was really helping me, you know. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she came up to me. She turned around and put her tail at me, at, you know, right in my face so I could grab it. I grabbed mm-hmm. her tail and she pulled me in. Of course, I kept kicking my legs and everything just to make her feel, you know. But it, and, and that's what she did. I mean, that's, that's the honestly God truth. And she had never been, well, she'd always been in the water swimming and stuff, but she'd never done anything like I mean, it was just like a natural, uh, it was just amazing. I just, it just made me cry, I think, in the moment. I just hugged her when I got up and, you know, on the shore there. Oh, was, was, she, was she some type of retriever? Uh, she was a mix. Uh, she had, uh, we used to say that she had a little bit of wolf in her and shepherd and an Australian shepherd. Got, called her a Sierra mountain dog. Uh, had mm-hmm. that silver look to her and beautiful dog. Very well, uh, t- temp- very, very good personality. Everybody, people would stop in the streets and pet her and say hello to her. And very well trained, very smart. Yeah. And uh, she just, I guess she just loved me. You know, she was the loyal, you know, man's best friend. Well, I had a dog before these two dogs, um, Guido Luigi. (laughs) Guido and Luigi? Yeah, he was my German Shepherd police dog. Oh, so that was his name, Guido Luigi. Guido Luigi Pascarelli. Oh, I don't don't know how I came up with that. (laughs) (laughs) But this was a dog. I actually delivered him. My half-brother's dog had nine puppies. Wow. Eight lived. The mom pretty much abandoned them all. So, you know, we bottle fed them. I took this dog home at two weeks. Oh, wow. So I was basically his mom. Yeah. Yeah, you sure were. Yeah, I took him to the vet um, for some tests. I had to come back because he threw himself against the wall, screaming and crying. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He was also spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a master's privilege. It definitely is. Yeah. So anyway, to find you on social media, how would we find you? Well, I, I, you know, 
I guess Twitter, I, you know, I'm not good with social media, but I know I signed up for both of them, the uh, Instagram, and I just used Don Balderamus. Uh, I know one of them is at Don Balderamus. What would that be? Do you think that's, I think that's Twitter, maybe? Um, it could be either one of them. Okay, yeah, so that's what it is. It's at Don Balderamus and probably both of them then. Okay, cool. And yeah. of course, you're on IMDb. Yes. Yeah, well, I'd like to thank you so much. Well, thank you. I really I feel honored. I mean, uh, to be interviewed by you. You have an incredible show, and and thank you very much. Really and I'm honored it. you said yes. You know, I'll let you know when the, I publish this. But okay. thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Okay. Talk to okay, you later. Okay, Michelle. Thank okay. you. Bye bye.